Hello. Hello. This is Dean Baker. I'm with uh, Post Effects Digital Media. And we are coming to you live from our little podcasting studios here in Orlando. Um, today I'm with uh, Daniel McShaw, who is uh, going to talk about some interesting stuff today. And uh, uh, another longtime friend of mine, George. Um, so let's just kick it right off. Daniel. Tell me about you. Oh wow, that's yeah, kind of that's a big one. Huh? question. That's, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> well, I, I was uh, born a poor boy in Queens, New York. No, not really. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I guess this is kind of open ended, so I'll just jump into yeah. it. Um, well, tell me about your career. What do you do for a living? Well, by day, uh, health insurance and life insurance agent. Um, so I believe we're going to speak about some important issues on health insurance, how to get it, how to obtain it, how to afford it. Um, and some of my other interests, as you know, acting, uh, having starred in your pilot for IMDb. And uh, what probably most people at this point know about me is that I'm also a professional wrestling ring announcer. But when we met, I've known you for at least a dozen years. Oh, yeah. uh, I had you come in... Uh, I was casting a, for a TV commercial, mm -hmm. and uh, I brought you in as a used car salesman. Thank you. Yeah, so typecasting, you, eh? You know, you know, you know. Ten, twelve years later, and you're working as some kind of sketchy, you know, hey. uh, you know, <laughs> sketchy character on a TV series <laughs> pilot that 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 I created. Um, so yeah, you didn't go very far with that. No, not at all. I, I'm stuck in the same place I was 12 years ago. It's really sad, actually. <laughs> That's you know really not great. So. No, it's terrible. All right, so now um, the wrestling. Mm -hmm. Tell me about wrestling. Yeah, well, I, I kind of got into that in a funny way. Um, got introduced to ooh about almost uh, 11 years ago now uh, to a friend of mine, Chris Carson. Um, we kind of hit it off as buddies, hanging out, having a beer once in a while. And he was running an organization at the time called Southern Championship Wrestling. Uh, now, I do have a background in radio from, from college uh, and, of course, the acting. And I was kind of thinking it would be kind of fun maybe to do something in, in the wrestling field. You know, I always enjoyed wrestling a lot. And I think we're having an adult beverage at the wing house one night. And I just threw it out there. I'm like, hey, you know, if you ever need a ring announcer. And he goes, you're on. I'm like, what? <laughs> He says, oh, my ring announcer just said she can't make the next show. Thanks. I'm like, uh, uh, okay. And um, that was my first show. Uh, if you want to hear the story, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so we get to the venue, and I'm all excited. I can't wait to do this. And uh, as I'm getting all situated, they want me to announce the matches, but also do the interviews backstage. Now, the backstage is in the curtained area where the wrestlers will enter into the arena. And... As I'm looking at this, I'm getting all excited, and then I'm realizing they're dropping the house lights. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? He goes, oh, uh, well, Chris only wants the ring lit up for, for dramatic effect, and we're just going to drop the house lights. I'm like, okay, and you want me behind this black curtain with no lights and that camera interviewing your talent? <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, oh, it'll be fine. There'll be enough light. I'm like, you're sure? He goes, yeah, 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 don't, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. In other words, fix it and post, right? Well, there was no post because this was a live <laughs> event. Um, so after I did my first interview, which I was all pumped up, I was interviewing the champion, I think it was London Vice, um, 
we went to intermission. I ran out to my friends outside. I'm like, hey, how did it look on the big screen? Because they had a big screen out there. And she said, it sounded great. I'm like, what did it look like? She goes, a big black square. Um, so this is long enough ago that we just started with, with smartphones. And back then, you had to download those flashlight apps. So I had about 10 guys downloading flashlight apps all standing around me in an area about this, this wide for the, uh, for the lighting for the interviews for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. So that was my introduction to professional wrestling broadcasting. And what do you see these days um, comparatively to what, what we've seen on network television? What do you mm -hmm. see in, in local wrestling? Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting, um, and not to harp on the current situation too much of, you know, the quarantines and whatnot, but ironically, the large companies, the WWE, the All Elite Wrestling, are looking more like the local wrestling because they're not allowed to have any fans in the building. Now, I'm not saying yeah, independent no, wrestling doesn't have any fans. Audience, no. Right, uh, exactly, but uh, for example, the biggest uh, event of them all, WrestleMania this year, was done as a no-fan event in the WWE Performance Center, which they use as their, as their production studio. Normally that event has 70,000, 80,000 people in a stadium. So just reduce programming. Uh, WWE, All Elite Wrestling, they're literally shooting no fan matches, empty arena matches. So it's kind of interesting that you're, you're watching that. Now on the independent scene, you know, we struggle to get fans in the door. We have wonderful fans who come and support the uh, talent, come support the shows. Uh, we're always looking for more, and there's just so many people just don't know that there's a whole great independent wrestling scene right here in Central Florida. They might just be aware of WWE because they see it on television. Uh, but where do you think WWE gets their talent? Mm -hmm. So you may go to a local indie show in your local gymnasium. I remember when. You remember when, and you'll see somebody in a couple years later they're in front of 80,000 people in a stadium at WrestleMania, and you have to pay $400 to see them, <laughs> as opposed to 10 bucks and, and probably what you paid for the hot dog and the Coke. Absolutely. Yeah, and, th and this area is interesting. It's, I consider Central Florida the mecca of pro wrestling um, because WWE has a multi-million dollar performance center here. Impact Wrestling used to tape all of their television at Universal Studios, so you've got a tremendous amount of the best wrestlers in the world who live here and people come here to train to become wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so wrestling mm -hmm. isn't the end of what Daniel Mac Shaw is about. Uh, that's true. I'm, I'm a bag of tricks, so, man. Mm -hmm. So what? kind of why I invited you here today mm -hmm. is to talk not just about wrestling right. and acting gigs and whatnot is tell me about what you're doing right now. I mean, uh, I'm sitting here looking looking at you. No, no, not more than six feet apart, by the way, everybody. What your day job is right now. Yes. So I kind of like to just say insurance agent by day, pro wrestling ring announcer by night. Um, but what I've been doing since I moved to Florida is helping individuals, helping families and small companies with their health insurance benefits. Started, you... If you let's talk about individual coverage. Individual means a person buying for themselves or their family, not through their work. So individual coverage was very different back then. The uh, challenges were uh, being accepted. Um, these plans were all underwritten. What does that mean? Well, basically, it means they would ask you a million medical questions, mm -hmm. um, and some health issues would raise your monthly bill, your premium. Some health issues wouldn't be covered, pre-existing conditions, and some health issues you wouldn't even get approved. So that was the challenge. And then whatever the price was, the price was. 
Um, big, big changes that happened in uh, the what, 2010 with the Affordable Care Act, which quite frankly isn't always that affordable, massively changed how health insurance works. So now everybody can get health insurance regardless of health of pre-existing conditions. There are no pre-existing conditions. The only qu medical question they ask is, do you smoke? Uh, then you get, pay a higher tobacco rate. So somebody with cancer, God bless them, uh, pays the same as somebody with no health issues. Somebody who is obese pays the same as somebody who's underweight. It, it, all that has gone out the, the window. And if you apply correctly and your, your income is within certain ranges, you might qualify for reduced monthly bill or reduced premium because it's subsidized by the federal government. Now, it's not all uh, roses and... Well, I can't think of the phrase. I just had a brain fart. But, uh, now, it's not all wonderful because there's also some issues. Enrollment right. periods. You can't just say, well, I'd like to apply for health insurance like you used to be able to. You don't have that freedom anymore. You're governed by the federal government as to when you're allowed to enroll in health insurance. So the, in their infinite wisdom, the federal government has taken the window of applying for a year of health insurance and squeezing it into six weeks from November 1st to December 15th every year, uh, pretty much overlapping the squeeze period they made for Medicare Advantage. So basically, you've got a lot of health insurance agents twiddling their thumbs most of the year and then tearing their hair out for <laughs> a couple of months at the end of the year trying to give quality service to their clients. Um, the other issue is, Let's say today you just said, you know what, I think it's time. You know, I haven't had health insurance in a while. I think it's important to have. Let me go, go apply. Well, your options are limited. You know, I, I know so many people. They're mm -hmm. just fresh out of college. Yeah. They are, um, they're, you know, they're maybe freelancing in, in my field, mm -hmm. production, and or they're, they're at conventions doing whatever. They don't have health care. Yeah. And, I, and I keep telling them, like, you know, I know you feel... You feel like you're king of the world when you're in your 20s, but you know, <laughs> but it all it takes is one misstep, one left turn, one I zigged when I should have zagged. Uh -huh. and your health might not, but you could get hurt, you could get injured, oh. and all you need is catastrophically, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all you need to do is get some coverage. Yeah, and if you don't make a lot of money, great thing is the American Healthcare Act. You know, it's based on income. This is what the the, the, the neophyte knows. Mm, right. Uh, this is what I know. It's, <laughs> it's you can pay less if you make less. Down to yes, and it's, unfortunately, it's more complex than that. You can actually make a little too little, and then you're kicked off the pro the subsidy program completely. Wow. And then hopefully you can get Medicaid unless there's a gap between what you earn to get on the subsidy and how low you have to make for for Medicaid. So it's by no means a perfect system. I mean. Uh, maybe it's self-serving, but I always recommend that people talk to a licensed health insurance agent before they contact 800 Marketplace. Uh, I'm sure the people at Marketplace don't care for that, but I don't care either. Uh, you know, to me, the the art of being a health insurance professional is understanding what the person's needs are, asking the right questions, and guiding them to what's right for them, and also shortcutting the application process. Um, if you call the 800 number for the Marketplace mm -hmm. and do it through them, Many wonderful people there. You're going to get a different person every time you call. <laughs> if you have a problem with your insurance, you don't call them. Now you got to go deal with the 800 number at your insurance company. And yeah. maybe maybe someone's going to pick up from Jacksonville, maybe the I, Philippines. I, I've been dealing with them. And, you know, again, I'm sure they're very nice people. I'm sure they know what they do and they're wonderful. Right. I'm not directing anyone in particular, but 
not much different than the drive-thru at McDonald's. Yeah. What would you like? And it'll be mm -hmm. this much. Exactly. And that's, you know, uh, I, I've been doing this for the last few years. And then you told me, basically, I did it wrong. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you did. I did it wrong, and, and I might not have spent any more money had I just gone to somebody I know that could have kind of navigated me right. through some of the mistakes that I I had made, mm -hmm. and, you know, there's some doozies in there, I'm sure, but, uh, yeah, I think when people go, yeah, I just, I, I dreaded, I you know, I would get phone calls from healthcare Right. People trying to sell me and get me signed up, and I just dread those phone calls because. Yeah. And a lot of them are not from insurance agents. A lot of them are from discount plans or out-of-state companies. You don't know what you're getting. I just dread those phone calls. Mm -hmm. um, so, get them so all I kind of yeah yeah all it, the it's, time. It's 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 a vicious cycle. They just always keep calling. They got my work number somehow, and I don't even answer that phone anymore. So, <laughs> I, I I just would. Yeah, I'll give you a tip on that in just a minute. <laughs> okay. I would just kind of, you know, appreciate that inside, look, this is really how it works. Yeah. This is really what you should be doing. And you can still go the other route, but you know what? Maybe try it one time. And, 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 and remember right. that I shouldn't have called the 800 number. Well, and again, I'm not saying you should never call the marketplace. Uh, there's times to do that. I would just always recommend go with a licensed insurance agent. Say, first of all, make sure they are licensed. Uh, and that's very easy to check. Every state has a Department of Insurance. In Florida, we have the Department of Financial Services. It's very easy. Go online, look up Florida Department of Financial Services, search my agent. You can ask the agent's NPN number. You can ask the agent's Florida agent number, look them up by their name, make sure you get the spelling right. It's not like Google where it'll correct mm -hmm. the spelling. If you buy one letter, you won't see them. Mm -hmm. And you can verify, uh, is my agent licensed? Is my agent active? Is my agent appointed with the insurance companies they're talking about? Um, so you can, you can check that and certainly get recommendations from family and friends. You know, one of the difficulties is there are insurance products that are available outside the marketplace, which we can represent as well. And there's lots of discount plans out there which aren't real health insurance, which have their place. But if you're getting an incoming call, like you mentioned, um, you don't know who that is. You don't know if they're an insurance agent. You don't know if right. they're a telemarketer. Oh. Um, and once you sign up and give you a credit card, you don't know what you signed up for. Yeah. So. All right. So we're going to move, gravitate away from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we can come back. And if anybody out there that's watching wants to ask a question, we can. Um, I've got it right in front of me. Uh, see some people joining in. And uh, I've got a question for anybody. They can absolutely chime in, or we can even take a live phone call if someone wants to uh, have a little conversation on the air with us. Um, so Daniel's a really long-winded guy, so yep. if I didn't cut him off, he would just take over the whole absolutely. show. Absolutely. So, I, mean, I, I, I thought this was the Daniel Mac Shaw show. Uh, <laughs> man, that's Where, not where's my theme music? Yeah. Really? Uh, really? Oh, wait, you know. All right, I'm going to play some theme music I have for George. You don't get theme music. I don't have theme music? George will get theme music. How does a guy in the wrestling business not have so, theme music? Yeah, right. This is a riff. <laughs> so, I, George and I have known each other for almost 30 oh, years. It's been a long time. Almost 30 years. We've watched each other go through our careers, and, uh, and uh, there was times when, you know, my financial troubles were kicking me in the ass. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and you know, while I'm trying to go my route, 
George is over there plotting and planning and going, if I do this, if I do this, got his calculator out, and he is coming up with a better way. How to, how to, you know, if you're swimming in credit card debt, and there was a time in my life when I was drowning in credit card debt, and there's nowhere to go. There's usually yeah. nowhere to go. But this guy next to me, he's going, I can figure out a plan, I can, I can you know, I, I'm going to beat this. And I think he did. And uh, and I call him like my original, my original survivor. You know, he's the guy who just you know we're not we're not rich people by any means, but we've learned how to survive and navigate and prosper, at least not drown. And that's really what I'm going for. So George, yes sir, uh, 30 years. It's been a hell of a trip. It has I've been. watched your kids go from little balls of nothing, you know, to grown and out of the house. <laughs> so tell me, you know. It's, it's, it's been a lot of years actually. We've, yeah. We've crossed paths quite a bit over that yeah. time frame. Absolutely. Uh, we've done a lot of projects together. We've, you know, spent a lot of off time together, you know, and uh, you know, it's been a struggle for me too, you know. So your, your career, I met you when you were starting it out in IT. Yeah. You were in your 20s. Um, God, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. In, yeah. Um, probably in the mid, mid to late 20s, probably. Yeah. At that point, yeah. And, um, I, you know, you're kind of, you, you, you kind of seem to have kind of figured out credit card debt. And other, not, not, not saying that people haven't figured that out yet, but when you when you figure out how it works and figure out how you deal with it, you know a lot of people go the bankruptcy route and they just say, you know, I can't deal with it. Let the let the state or the government in and let them handle it. You know, and they just walk yeah. away. So, so what did you do? I mean, I, it was just a matter of concentrating on. The um, you know what's in front of you. You can never fix your problem if you don't know what you got. So you know, I, I think a lot of people don't spend the time to identify you know what's in front of them. It's I, I have a paycheck coming in and I pay my bills. And if to a lot of people, that's the extent of what they do. You know, just because you know that's that's the end of the rainbow for for them at that point. But uh, spent a lot of time looking at numbers. You know. Understanding what those numbers really mean, right. you know how expensive debt really is, right. you know, and and um, you know I've learned that you know paying off your debt is the same as paying yourself back. So you know I've made that my concentration, you know, by picking up extra income, uh, and I use that income very heavily, you know, yeah. and I do it on a weekly basis. I don't I don't wait till the end of the month. I remember. When I the, literally pay things by the week if I can. I know. remember when you when we were first talking about it. One of the first things you said was, "It's not about you know." Usually, when people have they have a mountain of debt, they have a minimum payment, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then they have a due date. And one of the first things you told me was, "Don't go by the due date." No, never. And and tell me why that is. Well, so. Uh, and that's key, you know, and it's not just on credit cards, it's everything that's paying interest. But, um, you know, if you pay uh, on, you know, as an example, let's say you have a credit card that you're paying $300 a month, that would be a very expensive credit card. But, uh, and you pay that at the beginning of your billing cycle, your average daily balance drops the day you make that payment. So for the next 30 days, you're paying 
less interest for that 30-day period than you would have if you had paid that same $300 payment at the end of the month. And what that equates to is, you know, when your next billing cycle, you know, wraps around is there will be more on your side of the column than the, on, their, on their side. So, you know, you're not giving away as much of your money. I mean, you're still giving away $300, but you get to keep more of it towards driving your balance down, you know, and give them less interest. And that, over time, that really helps you. Well, I was I was always guilty of waiting to the very last second to pay the minimum payment due. I, I think most people do, and it's, it's natural just because of payment cycles. It's when people get paid, you know, um, you know and, and what I found and what I did, um, you know, you struggle through it, you get your next two payments up, and you make your regular payment, and then as soon as the payment cycle goes over, you make that payment again. You're now 30 days ahead. So technically, you're putting your money in the bank the next the next month to be 30 days ahead. And if you can do that on a number of your accounts, you're going to see your balances go down faster. Um, you know, so you're keeping more of your money. You know, I mean, that seemed like it in the beginning because you're still paying the same $300, right. but it'll it'll be over faster. Hmm. You know, and then you just have to get organized and say, all right, you know, what am I going to attack? You know, there's so many philosophies. You know, do well, this is the biggest one, you know, should I attack that because it's costing me the most interest, or here's a little one, do I attack that one? Um, me personally, I go for the smaller ones. But, you know, and the reason is it's, it's, a, it's a mind victory. You know, if you can pay off a small debt, even, if, you know, because you're not going to pay off that big debt anytime soon, you're probably right. struggling to pay all of them as it is. Right. Well, you talk you about know. minimum payments, which is only interest. Or, or it, it's you know, minute, yeah, interest. it's mostly interest in and, a small and, and number. Then, and then you go, well, all right, if I have a huge credit card and I'm paying 300 bucks a month, yeah. and most of that is just paying off interest, and you go, it takes quite a hefty load to come in to go, I want to attack that, you know, yeah. make a double payment and, and knock that down. And if you sure. can do that, great, but you're saying attack the little ones. I remember you doing that, attack the little ones, and then once you get that paid down, well, it gives you then, more money now. Then you take that minimum yeah. and roll it yep. over into the next one. And, and then now standard. you're doubling up. And yeah. I've known so many people to be, you know, even even that make money. Now, I'm in a different category because I run my own business. So checks don't always come in on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of guys like me. We sit, we sweat, we wait until, you know, until the check rolls in. So yeah. those deadlines, those due dates for bills... We look at uh, like little landmines. <laughs> We're not sure if they're going to explode or not, yeah. you know, or, <laughs> you know, boom. And, and then we kind of hit it and we go, yeah, that, remember that one that went off yesterday? Um, I'm a day late or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just, you know, it seems like, and now mastering that debt, turning that into um, you know, knocking that down, and all of a sudden you you have all those minimum payments you can actually do something with. Yes. And you do, you chose to do other things. You chose sure. to start investing. You know, you know put, putting it into something that's paying me back. Yeah. You know, which you know starts creating income streams for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and with all investing, some things are more riskier than others. So you know, you have to weigh the options of you know what your tolerance is. Right. You know, so, and I try to stay conservative, you know, I don't think I do anything that's too crazy. I mean, some of it is in the stock market, which obviously right now, you know, they're all taking a bit of a beating. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's actually the best time for me Question. to continue yeah. to buy. I mean, buy low, sell high. Is yeah. It, isn't so. the stock market technically closed right now? I mean, 
The trading floor is definitely not open. Uh, no, it's not. But, but <laughs> stocks are going up and down, or yeah. down, 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 yeah, and yeah. and nobody can really do anything about it. And well, you, a lot of the the big houses can they have automated? You know, yeah. it's all digital, yeah. so they don't have to go to the you know floor to you know. And they've made it so accessible for people to do it from right. all these apps on your phones. You I'm, I'm kind of wondering, much like wrestling, much like basketball football all the big sports mm -hmm. if if the if the stock market trading floor is doomed for you know cuz those you always remember see them in the movie you know trading places Eddie Murphy in the back in the 80s and they're out there selling and buying and it's a free for all it's a madhouse and yeah. and now you know with this virus I heard they closed it but I don't know if it stayed closed Okay. I am not sure on that. I never followed back up with it, but I did hear they were gonna basically say, you know, you know, it's you know, WFH. Everyone's working from home, and they right. have ways to do that. It's just, uh, you know, and I think the uh, the stock market, the floor itself, is more more of a rush for people to, to be in that environment. You know. Well, I'd say maybe there's going. And it's big dollars, so I think. This situation, when we get back from it, I think you're going to see a lot of companies continue to have people working from home. I think so. Yeah, because I thought when we had the big crash in 2008, since then, it was kind of in a way a jobless recovery. You saw, yeah, we had a recovery, but there were still plenty of commercial properties that were never rented again. Yeah. Um, yeah, you still see it everywhere. And, you know, today, especially now, we're in 2020, um, you buy off Amazon or you buy off whatever off your phone, there's so much we can do virtually. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it doesn't really make sense for a lot of companies to spend the money on the commercial property, on the insurance, on everything you need to run a building, the maintenance, the yeah. utilities. Uh, it doesn't make sense for people to get in their cars and go to a place when you can do so much. Not everybody can do everything from home, sure. but there's so much that can be done from home. And I think you're just going to see a number of companies scaling back, especially as they have to recover, sure. and say, hey, maybe we'll get rid of that building and shrink our workforce by 30%. Again, just throwing this out there. And and keep some uh, most of them who can work remotely, you know? I, which, in a way, yeah. I think is a good thing. I mean, you, you reduce congestion. Um, again, it kind of gets sometimes boring sitting in your maybe underwear. Maybe get the traffic off the road a little that's, bit. That's what I was referring wow. to. I mean, look maybe at our great. i4 Ultimate. Holy cow, it's what, 10 years to build the ultimate I-4? Oh. <laughs> and isn't it frightening to think, gosh, when they finally finish this, this giant mess, could it be that it's still not enough? Yeah. So anything that reduces congestion is a great thing. Sure. Well, I um, so, so increasing revenue streams, uh, you know, you kind of have to do that these days. Sure. You know, especially if your office just got downsized because of a pandemic that's right. you know forced closures and and companies starting to think you know we may not if we don't do something drastic which might mean downsizing and which means people are going to lose a lot of jobs so someone has a job working in an office and all of a sudden that office is going to be closed and they could mm -hmm. be downsized yeah or their hours can be cut down to barely full time or the company doesn't make it or the company just flat out <laughs> doesn't make it there's yeah. going to be a lot of people out there so having having those multiple revenue streams is is I mean, personally, for me, I, I, I mentioned that I that I I'm self-employed, so my revenue stream is tied up in projects that I do for clients, and yeah. 
and you you're know, heavily that, affected that right now. That slows down. Yeah, yeah, sure, I am. But uh, but when that slows down, I have to look at other types of streams. Mm -hmm. Funny thing is, is I say the word stream, and we're streaming right now. Yeah. Don't cross you know, the streams. Don't cross. The don't streams. cross streams. That's a cross <laughs> streams is bad, right? That's, a, that's an old reference. You're dating yourself right <laughs> now, you know. Yeah, that's how but, I remember too, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but having revenue streams, whether it's taking some money that you saved on paying, you know, paying off your credit cards mm -hmm. to, you know, applying it to things that you can starting small businesses, starting getting on Facebook, making videos here on Facebook, getting a following, getting people doing things, starting your own wrestling, you know, right. events. Um, I mean, there's just so many things that you're out there doing uh, to survive. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I really wanted you guys together here. Um, there's so much more. I get on uh, one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's online. Uh oh, use it with can, my laptop. Can we can we stream that there? And, uh, I want you to. Know. I want you to go to. I did say this show was PG. I'm, I'm going to talk. My, uh, yeah, TV, all right. right. So he's punching up Pinterest. Oh, so, Pinterest. Okay. Yeah, Pinterest. Yeah, dodged a bullet there. Nothing. Nothing bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I get on Pinterest for for sometimes for just a little bit of of, of break time. Well, yeah, it's break time, but it's also I, I, I try and get inspiration. Sure, you know, and ideas. And sometimes it's inspiration of of things you want to buy, and you're gonna go in here, and I'm showing you all this. These are things, projects I like to work on, but right up here in the corner, it's it's, you know, there's a little thing here, and and let me put a disclaimer with Pinterest. Pinterest is. Great. I call it the rabbit hole. Pinterest is one of those places where once you get into the rabbit hole, you never know where it's going to end. Yeah, right. You know, Same with YouTube. You start out with money hacks. You click on money hacks, and then all of a sudden you scroll down. Okay, stupid easy night jobs. Anyone can. I mean, there is a lot of clutter in here, and I'm not. I'm not promoting. I'm not recommending any one of these things. The downside to this is, especially when I play, use when I when I browse this stuff on my iPhone or my iPad or something like that. Most of the time, when you click through, it crashes the app, mm -hmm. and so I only kind of get in here when I'm on my laptop, and it's pretty stable. But the 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 worst downside to to getting on Pinterest is when you do click through. You wind up in somebody's blog, mm -hmm. and there's a mile of advertising and pop-ups and yeah. things. And by the time you kind of get into it, you don't know what what's an ad and what's oh, yeah. real. You <laughs> what know, you start so, with and what you end with. So <laughs> I, I kind of look at this and I go, okay. And sometimes I'll post something. Sometimes I'll click in and mm -hmm. I will I will go and see if there's anything there. And sometimes I find some cool things. You know, uh, most of the time it's recipes and cool gadgets. Um, and uh, and then I just find ideas, and other times it helps me with my business because it, it tells me what other people are interested in. It tells me, you know, what's trending, and you know, so it kind of gives me some a lot of ideas. And I'm I want to put this out there that you know, hey, you can you know find me on Pinterest. Um, it is Dean Baker Visuals, so you can actually put that up. That's hey, me. Uh, Dean. That's me, yeah. Hi, Dean. Uh, Glenn's actually got a question. Oh, Glenn um, has a question. 
Hi, Glenn. Glenn is a longtime friend. I have not seen him or talked to him forever myself. Yeah, I, I was talking to Glenn earlier today. I didn't even tell him to call, but he logged in, and here he is. Uh, so, so I read that I didn't. So, I can all right, it. Glenn says I think there's going to be a run on 401k loans in the coming months. Oh, yeah. for plans that allow it. What are your thoughts on someone doing that? Doing that to pay down debt. If I understand, um, and is a BK sometimes just the better option? What's a BK? Better than McDonald's, I think, right? Burger. I'm uh, assuming he's talking Burger about Burger King. Spell it out, Glenn, because I'm not sure what you mean by that. Yeah, I'm not either. So anyway, so go back to your answer. But so, um, in a lot of the research that I've done, I don't own a 401k personally. Um, and I'm not, from what my knowledge on them are, I'm not a fan of them. Um, 401ks, uh, there's so many better ways to build uh, money for yourself. You know, and, and the sad reality of a 401k is they're probably going to be more affected by all the things going on in the market than they're going to be benefited from. So the value of your, your 401k was probably up here when you started, and, you know, as the market starts crashing. Now, you know, the value of your 401k has been depleted by quite a bit. So to use it to pay down your debt may be probably a little dangerous because of the fact that well, you have meaning, to borrow the money. cash in your 401k to well, pay down debt? Or well, if you cash in your 401k, you you're penalized. You've already lost. Yeah, you, <laughs> so, you the dip and then you've yeah, lost. So it's almost like you lost twice. Yeah, so, so, so we, you've already, you've already got, you're going to get penalized by, you know, by selling it out, you know, but you can also borrow against 401ks, which I think is what he may have been asking, you know, saying how companies allow it. So a lot of times they will let you borrow from a 401k. Uh, the dangerous part there is, is that loan is only good as long as you're with that company. Right. And if something happens to the job itself, if I understand it correctly, you're, you have to pay that loan back and fairly quickly. They don't, I don't think, you know, they wait, you know. Like when you, if you're terminated from a company, you can take your 401k and transfer it into right. an equivalent um, means. Um, but yeah, so um, we'll definitely get into some conversations about. Um, well, I, I know a lot of people. Pay down debt, I know a lot of people that are watching their 401ks and going. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's scary because it's like, you know, and, you know, the problem with uh, mutual funds are the same, 401ks are the same. They're so heavily feed that by the time you feel that, you know, hey, I'm going to build this 401k for 40 years and it's going to be my retirement income, it's not going to be anywhere near potentially where it should have been. Hey, Glenn, do you want to talk live? You can give me a call. I'll answer the phone and put you on live. So, um, yeah, but he did respond to that. Oh, he, he meant bankruptcy. Yeah. BK meant bankruptcy. Yeah, so so, so and so he's at saying basically, and is a bankruptcy sometimes just a better option? So I'm not opposed to bankruptcies. Some, sometimes it is yeah, a, I'm, I'm a not, good I'm option. Not, I'm not opposed. If you're to up them, against the wall, you know. You know, when you get to get to that point, you know, you sometimes don't have other options. You just don't, you know, and you know, could you just? You fight through it all, you know, uh, or you lose a car in the process, you know, <laughs> you know, you can you know, lose things in that process, you know, whereas the other one you can probably save value. There's different type of bankruptcies, yeah. you know, depending on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to just say, look, I can't pay it, I don't care about anything, you know, you can do, you know, Chapter 7, 
you say, look, I, I, I feel that I can come out of this good, you know, you do a chapter 13, um, you know, and, and hopefully learn, learn something in the process to say, all right, you know, how do I not get back into this, you know, going forward? Because I, th I think it's a, it's a tough cookie. Um, I, there, I, there are many better ways to build I'll be money. honest. I'll yeah. put my hand up. Yes, I'm a member of the bankruptcy club. Mm -hmm. I had I, to do it as well. I, I did I it did 10 it years well. ago and uh, went Chapter 7 because I was swimming in it and the... the the, the wolves were at the door. Yeah. and I learned a lot of lessons from it, too. Sometimes I you did. just don't, you know, there's just, a, there's just a moment. And and the lawyer, when you hire the lawyer, and, you know, they'll, they'll pretty much lay it out for you and say, look, you <laughs> know, this happens every day. And not just a single little guy, but big corporations do it every day. When they make bad decisions and they don't want to pay for them, they just close the book mm -hmm. and that's it and then let the let the you know let the government take over and uh, you know the downside to that is you have to you have to spill out all of your assets right in front of the judge and he pokes through it like he's at a flea market and uh and your life is picked is downsized tremendously they don't take stuff unless they think there's value to take yeah. but for the most part it's it's a humiliating very humbling circumstance mm. that you know that you get seven years to recover from and then then you can get all back into it again that's the thing again you get a do-over that is what's called a do-over sure. i'm not promoting it i just said you know hey you know something i've done and uh and uh i'm sharing with the world right now let me uh, so. answer his last thing here because um okay what was he saying so let me also have a question for insurance he um his comment was about you know what he's read is is a good option because you're paying yourself back. So, the thought philosophy of paying yourself back is the way to go. Is the 401k the best way to do it? Now, the 401k may be the only thing you have at your disposal. So, I mean, if it's what's at your disposal and you can weigh the risks of you know, like right now, you know, I haven't refinanced my car or my house because I don't think it's a good time. It's a great time for the the uh, the rates, but you know nobody really knows in the next three to six months what the outcome of what of all this is going to be. So you have to weigh those kind of options. But I, I um, we will definitely get into more uh, discussions that I think uh, are probably better than a four hundred one k. But again, it may be the only option you have in front of you. So if that being the case, and you have the ability to borrow, if it's a cheap enough option, is it cheaper than what you're paying off? And what is the payback rate? You know, do you have to, you know, pay it back, you know, X amount per month type of thing? And are you getting charged interest on that? Yeah. Or is it just flat value? You know, all those, all those details matter depending on, you know, what you're trying to do. And what kind of dollars you're talking about, too. It's survival. Sometimes it is. you got to do what you got to do to survive and, and well, cut, you know, cut your losses, cut your, you know, and then just kind of move, move forward. So what may be... Uh, the smartest option is taking the approach of saying, I'm not going to tackle it all at once, you know, but hey, you know what, I have this one credit card that if I could get it out of the way, it gives me some breathing room. Maybe you borrow enough to tackle that credit card and the money you recoup from that, you pay your loan back and then repeat the process. Mm -hmm. Because you, you all of a sudden, you're just trading Peter for Paul where you have <laughs> your money's going over here now instead of over here in big amounts. And that's where people get in trouble because 
uh, debt consolidation is the perfect example. Yeah. You consolidate four loans into one, and he's like, oh, but my payment's lower. I said, yeah, but your interest you're paying now is more because it's a bigger amount in the one thing, but it's going to take you forever to pay that. And then what happens is your car breaks down. You need a refrigerator, and all of a sudden you have to throw your credit cards out again because you can't put any more over here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those weight options, I think, taking the smaller purchase better. So you had a, you said you had a question yeah, from somebody. Yeah, we kind of skipped by. Hey, um, Danny, how are you doing out there? So I'm looking, and the reason I'm looking at my smartphone, so I'm going to actually look at the questions on our uh, chat. Uh, so Jeff had asked, a, uh, is it possible to get coverage, health insurance, without an income? So uh, without knowing exactly the circumstance, yeah, uh, there is. For example, Well, if it, you have no money, if you're not making money... How do you pay for it? That's what I was going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> um, Just wanted to double so check that. <laughs> if you have no income, um, the first thing I'd recommend anybody is to make an application for state Medicaid. Um, see if you get approved for Medicaid. If you're approved for Medicaid, well, then you go through Medicaid doctors, doctors accept Medicaid, and that takes care of your health coverage. Until so at any age, does it? I mean, if you happen to be, let's say, 22 and you lose a job, could you apply for that? Or yeah, is it, yeah is it, it, it's, it's income based. Um, now, when people get Medicaid and Medicare mixed up all the yeah, time, yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Um, so, Medicaid basically uh, for emergency pregnancy is for uh, loss of income uh, or uh, very low income. Uh, Medicare is typically awarded to somebody when they turn 65 or gotcha. somebody who's been on disability for 24 months at any age. Um, now, let's say on the other hand, it's a situation that's very common right now where somebody may be losing their job. Okay, so what if your income for the year is uh, still a decent amount, but now is, is going down? Well, one, you may have had health insurance if you had it through the marketplace and you had reported your income and you had gotten a subsidy that paid for part of your insurance. And now all of a sudden, hey man, my income is going to be dramatically lower than what I reported it was going to be because uh, I'm not working, my income is only this for the year. Report that. You may end up paying a lower subsidy. Um, what if your hours are scaled back? That actually had that call today. One of my clients says, Dan, my, my hours were cut way back and it's going to be that way from now on until they tell me, uh, unless I lose my job. I said, okay. So we estimated what her income is going to be for the year, figuring what her year to date was at the higher level what the new rate is going to be extrapolated out to December 31st. That was a lower number than we had reported back when we did her insurance at the, for the marketplace back in November. And we updated the application. You can update your application anytime you want. And now going forward, and in fact, uh, from the time we did it, it'll be June 1st will go into effect. She's going to pay about 80% lower than what she was paying before on her health insurance. Now, the reverse is true as well. Yeah. Let's say <laughs> your income on, goes up. Hours go up. She gets a new job. She's doing better. Great. But now you need to adjust it back and pay more of your premium because otherwise, when you do your taxes a year from now, Damn. they'll look at you and say, "Okay, oh, <laughs> some of that money back." So you do have to be careful. Um, that, that's why. Well, I say, they can ask. They can. They can bill you for money that you owed them if you didn't. Uh, a bill. Or, it's on your taxes, buddy. Is, is, yeah, no, no. no meaning, 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 <laughs> they still have to collect the money from you, right? So they, there's a collection process. There. Well, yeah. Uh, for example, one of my clients, um, he reported an income uh, in the teens, and that's what he was expecting to make, semi-retired. And at the very end of the year, he took money oh, out yeah. of a retirement account, not realizing that created a taxable event, 
And the amount he took was equal to what he was already making. So he doubled his income. So when he did his taxes, oh. all of a sudden, all this money is going back to the Uncle Sam because they said, hey, you shouldn't have had all that subsidy from us because you made twice as much. Um, so here's the thing. And this is really critical. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing okay there. Yeah, I'm like, look like the yeah, microphone's kind of scaring you, George. For a there. <laughs> um, this is really critical. I kind of want to talk a little bit about health insurance and affording it, because if you can afford your health insurance, you're saving money. One, it can protect you from a financial disaster, because uh, we were talking about financial disasters. Sure. Two, if you can figure out a way to pay less for the insurance you need, that's like making more money. That's like adding a stream of income if it's money that's not going out. There's two ways to increase your income. One is to increase your income, and one is to reduce your outgo. Um, so I like to advise people when it comes, you should always have some kind of health insurance. Um, you may not be using it, but then it's a just in case. So for example, you can buy a high deductible plan and I call those a house saver plan. Okay, it's not maybe the kind of plan you want to use a lot and be running to doctors all the time because you're going to be paying out of pocket, but if something major happens, then you're only dealing with your deductible, your maximum out of pocket, and you can make a payment arrangement with a hospital in that case. On the other hand, if your income is low enough, it might be wise to look at a subsidized plan through the marketplace, reporting your income and seeing what that'll do for you. Again, I always say talk to an agent like myself. Obviously, it can be considered self-serving and fine, that's I'm here, not the marketplace. Hmm. But if you have a licensed insurance agent, know what they're doing. They can guide you through a lot. Um, and it's better planning. Well, and the sad you know. thing is um, the... Affordable Care Act passed years ago, so it went into effect in 2010, uh, but as far as the individual market, where people are buying their coverage and hopefully getting a subsidy, that really went in, into full swing in 2013. Well, it's been seven years, and people still don't know how the darn thing works. So having an insurance agent can guide you is terrific, uh, because I've seen people who literally are going through life not taking care of pre-existing conditions because they say, well, I can't afford insurance, and ironically, I've discovered at this point, when somebody says, I can't afford, most of the time it means they can afford because of the subsidy, they just don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine the other day, um, and she's about to lose her benefits because she's aging out of her benefits from her parents' plan. And I was like, listen, we've got to get you you know, coverage for, for that because you don't want to go without coverage. She says, yeah, but I can't afford it. I'm like, no, here's where you're, you're only making this amount of income. You're only going to pay this amount. Right. She goes, well, I'd rather wait till I get a job. I said, well, yeah, but then if you wait till you get a job, you don't have the insurance with a really low amount. And then when you get the job, it's going to cost you more because you're getting income then. So why would you not have something now? Uh, and the sad thing is people kind of put it off, put it off, put it off, and then something bad happens and that financially can wipe you out. You know, another thing, um, wellness visits. You know, it's Typically, if people don't have health insurance, they don't go to the doctor unless it's the big one. And a lot of times, not going to the doctor once a year for a physical means the little ones become the big ones, the silent killers. Uh, for example, Hurricane Katrina, yeah. when a lot of medical care flooded into an area, no pun intended, uh, flooded into an area that was impoverished, a lot of people found out they were diabetics. Found yeah. out why, because they were diabetics for years, but they weren't going to doctors, they weren't getting checked out. Now, a lot of people don't understand this, but if you have an Affordable Care Act plan, I'm, by the way, I'm not promoting only the Affordable Care Act, uh, but if you have a Affordable Care qualified plan, as long as you stay in the network of your policy, your annual preventative, your annual physical is free. Uh, excuse me, zero copay. So you go to your doctor, 
once a year at least for that physical, get it out of the way because they might discover something you don't know. You might have high blood pressure and not know it. So, so Glenn had just texted yeah, in about here about, uh, do you think the marketplace, the Affordable Care Act, are still going to be around in the next few years? Well, yeah. I want to respond to that and say, look, we had a president who tried to get rid of it, mm -hmm. tried, what, a couple times to get rid of it, right. and failed doing so. I think really the country just really thinks, well, it's all we got. You know, so let's just, you know. Well, whether the country thinks or not, I agree with you. Because, I mean, let's be frank. Uh, you know, when, when it passed, there are things about it that are great. There are things about it that are terrible. And uh, having private conversations, for example, uh, NAHU, uh, National Association of Health Underwriters, um, they had lobbyists in Washington, and they would go to Republicans and Democrats alike and say, hey, listen, we recommend this tweak to the law, this tweak to the law. There's a lot of things about the law that don't make any sense. And privately... The politicians say that makes perfect sense. You're absolutely right. Publicly, lobbyists. Yeah, <laughs> publicly they wouldn't. They wouldn't do anything. Why? Because what's a politician's job besides accepting bribes to Ooh. get reelected? Oh, did I say that? You yeah. did not hear that here. <laughs> Remember Superman the movie? She, uh, Lois Lane interviews Superman and says, "What? What are you? Why are you here?" He goes to fight for truth, justice, and American way. She goes, "You're going to fight every politician in the country." <laughs> um, but one of the things that they discovered was. The Republicans did not want to change anything because they would go back and then their opponents politically would say, you would t uh, what you did. Uh, the, the Democrats didn't want to change anything because then they would go back and their opponents would say, oh, you attacked Obamacare. So basically, it was in a holding pattern all those years. So we assumed that um, after the last election, everything was going to change and... Hey, they didn't. So, yeah, I, I don't see... If there was a time when it would, it would have gotten have repealed, yeah. it would have been three years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, to answer Glenn's so. question, I don't think it's going anywhere uh, for, for any any period of time. Well, it's it, it, how to take advantage of it. It'll probably get the, modified the, the over time. The problem is, is like, like our tax laws, like our anything, you know, that they, they've modified it so much mm -hmm. over the years. Well, I don't know why it. it had to be, I need to repeal it. It was really a modification. Let's just but they modify it. it. I'll, give, I'll give you a great example. The family glitch. Okay, That's a nickname that we came up with in the insurance industry. So, for example, I mentioned you get a subsidy if you qualify, right? So, wow, the lower money you make, your income, usually the better deal you get that you're paying less and less of your, your monthly premium. So, if I use, obviously, if I throw out the word premium, we're talking about the monthly bill from the insurance company. Mm -hmm. Now, family glitch. So, let's say... Mama, Papa, and two kids. Mama works for the big company. Papa is self-employed. Okay. Mama, Mama gets the offer of group health insurance. Now, when you have group health insurance, what does that mean? That means that's the insurance you get from a job, from work. It's offered to you as an employee. It's not always paid for. You, you usually contribute. The minimum an employer has to contribute is 50% of the cost of the lowest plan to the employee they must allow the spouse and children to be on the plan, but they don't have to cover any part of that premium. So what does that all mean to you? Jack it up. So let's, now, by the way, they can offer as much as they want. They can cover 100% of everything, but especially if they weren't doing it before, mm -hmm. they sure aren't going to do it now in, in this day and age. <laughs> um, let me give you an example. Let's say you've got a family of four and mom works for the company, dad's self-employed or Mr. Mom, you got two kids. Let's assume that the cost per person to that company for the insurance is $400 per person, just, just to give round numbers, okay? So that a policy is $1,600 a month. Now, mama works for the company, and the owner offers the minimum 50%. So mama only pays $200 out, taken out of her paycheck. The employer matches the other $200, correct? But to add papa and the two kids, 
400, 400, 400, that's the full 1,200. Here was the problem with the marketplace. Yeah. If mama's offered... We need to put more kids, to ch children to work. Yes, yes, child <laughs> we need labor. To, we, child need labor. To, we need to repeal the child... No, I'm sorry. That's, that's just not right. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I retract that <laughs> message. And go ahead. So the problem thought. was the family glitch. What does that mean? Well, that means if mama's offered group health insurance from work, let's assume... That Papa being self-employed doesn't make too much money, you know, or, he, or he's got a lot of deductions, so he, his income shows yeah. or is very low. Mama's making an okay income. They could qualify on the marketplace for a great subsidy, but they can't because Mama gets group health insurance All that right. is subsidized. Well, what about Papa and the kids? Too bad. Yeah. That, I mean, the law was really, there's good things about it, bad things about it, slapped together. There's a lot of problems with it. Uh, again, there's wonderful things with it. There were people that, honestly, I, I was able to hey, ensure. Hey, Sal, welcome to the webcast. Sorry, go ahead, keep going. There were people I was able to ensure um, who never could have gotten coverage and made a big difference in their lives. There's other people, though, have paid tremendously higher for their health insurance because, yeah, they made too much for a great yeah. subsidy. But also remember, how does insurance work? Insurance works on a large group of people not using the stuff too much. So for car insurance, right? Uh, if every single person you insure is crashing their car, you're going to charge a million dollars per policy. Obviously, some people are going to crash their car. Some people are going to have a couple fender benders. Most people today are not going to crash their car. That's how it works. Well, what happens when you suddenly say, hey, you have to take every single person who drives a car regardless of what their um, driving record is. So if they're the same age, uh, the same zip code, this guy has had three DUIs, this guy is a super safe driver, they have the same policy, now they pay the same thing, that makes no sense. Well, when you did that to the health insurance companies, sure enough, a lot of them bailed out of the individual market because they're like, wow, what happened? Everybody was sick, got policies. Yeah. Don't blame them. I helped a lot of them get it, and I still do. <laughs> but what happened? Back in the old, old days, we used to uh, sit down and do an insurance. Sure, I've got Cigna, I've got Golden Rule, United Healthcare, I've got uh, Florida Blue. Well, they're in the, they're captive. Uh, I, I've got uh, Cigna, I've got uh, Humana, I've got. Ba, 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 ba. Now, a lot of them stop. They do. They still do Medicare. They'll still do group insurance. So we lost a lot of variation in the market. So, so Glenn is chiming in. I know he's dancing in a seat. Kind should, of. Should, should we have Glenn this come question. in and be we, part we of the show? Glenn, you should be part of this show. Okay, so so Glenn's saying, well, let's get into the real question about health insurance. What about the whole Bernie philosophy? Uh, Everything's free. Uh, of you? Free yes, stuff for yes, everybody. Yes, That's my platform. It's a right, not a privilege. And uh, okay. He said it. I'm. I'm just mm. repeating it. What do you think about that? Is yeah, it it's a cost, right? though. Great, great. Where are you gonna Where are you gonna <laughs> pay for it? Yeah. Right now, where are you gonna pay for it? Yeah. And also, honestly, uh, uh, gosh, and the name is just slipping. Of the politician will hit me in a second. Um, but if it's if it's a right, well, then it's whose obligation to service you. I mean, basically, if you're saying everything is right, somebody has yeah. to perform that service. Let's just say Canada. Maybe they'll sell, sell. They'll, they'll, the government will buy it and sell our plan to Canada and let them handle it at a reduced rate. And no, I'm just, just I'm just, I'm just, just talking both sides here. So you know, or maybe Canada should just invade the U.S. 
Take us over. Was that a movie, Canadian Bacon, with uh, John Candy? I don't think so. Somebody that was a movie. That was a movie. I'm not sure if that had anything to do with what we're talking about. But <laughs> you know, so uh, so yeah. Sal, hey, Sal Martino just logged in from the West Coast. We have made it all the way to the West Coast, Los Ooh, Angeles area. Nice. Hey, Sal, thanks for joining us. And you're a little late, but maybe you're. A, busy or playing catch with the kids or something but glad you could join us we're going to be probably off the air in about four minutes Ooh. but uh yeah time sure does fly when you're having fun yeah and, um, uh, make sure i get about 30 uh, a minute i gotta kick in some other things go ahead okay i'll give the floor back to you since since healthcare, i i could tell you're really excited about <laughs> it so well one thing is i i focus a lot on, on issues benefits and issues of the affordable care act but there are other insurance products available so i don't want people to think that if they didn't get the affordable care act they can't get any kind of insurance very quickly there's short-term plans those plans are underwritten which means you do have to pass some limited medical questions but that's an option to get some kind of coverage um, through the year. There are supplemental plans, plans that pay if you get hurt, plans that pay if you have a major illness such as uh, cancer, heart attack, stroke. Um, they work almost like life insurance where, hey, I got cancer, God forbid. Oh, well, you'd pick the 30000 benefit. Here's a $30,000 check. That can, if you have no health insurance, that's a lifesaver. But if you do have health insurance, that can pay your deductibles and it can cover things that health insurance doesn't cover, like holistic treatments, um, accident policies. So. The good thing to do is have a conversation with a licensed health insurance agent and find out what your options are. Hopefully my number is flashing on the screen right now. Yeah, you know. You, uh, and Daniel will put his contact information in this, uh, in this chat or in this thread somewhere. So you guys can, you know, if you're in Florida looking for health care, help in your decision making, then definitely call give daniel a call if you're in florida if you're out like sal and on the west coast and i don't think we can help you sal sorry <laughs> hopefully you're good out there gotta get up so, earlier um <laughs> and uh glenn man thanks for joining in but glenn you know we're, we're gonna want you in the studio you know on one for of sure. these days because gonna have a nice debate yes oh look dan's already uh shared so i'm going to george you have any last thoughts actually um, yeah um, um it's kind of a, a tail end of one of the things he said you know because you know uh financials you, are a big you mean thing. you were listening to what i Daniel was actually okay at least somebody was well what's funny is he said he had a client that you know got stung when he you know basically sold some of his investments you yeah know, it could have been selling out of your 401k um there are and this is something you should plan for when you're when you're younger obviously you know set up there are better plans to set up mm -hmm. that aren't taxed at the end because you're basically saving all your money for the life to a, a time when you do not know what tax rate you're going to be in yeah. so you literally could lose a big chunk of that money versus you know building your streams ahead of time and you know having that money in a uh, an already taxed state you know that's kind of what i've already started uh, you know, where I can pass that money on to my heirs, even tax-free, instead of it being a tax event for them, you know. Oh, passing money to your heirs, I've got a lot of information about that. Oh, yeah, we, that. we can definitely because, have some conversations. Because, oh, my God. It's scary. That's, and that's that's when you're getting up in age. Uh, yeah. Just only a couple more years for Daniel, because we're about to have yeah. him committed. Hey. You know, so, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, but I had a really good zinger, and I just lost it. So... <laughs> You know, I, I did, I threw the whole thing about not listening to you, but 
Man, this this was fun. This was kind of new for for me uh, being on camera. I'm usually behind the camera. That's true. But for um, a reason, definitely not. You on know, camera. I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> you know, it's eight o'clock. We've been at it for an hour. We probably should wrap things up. I'm gonna send you back to to uh, hold on. I'm gonna send you back to Pinterest one more time because I'm gonna try and promote this. Uh, so if you find me, Dean Baker Visuals, uh, go ahead and search me on Pinterest. Uh, and then this is going to be the board we're going to be adding things to throughout our little ex exploratory cool stuff you can get and do cheap uh that might change but you know i was in a hurry for this show so anyway you can come back to me now on on the set uh i want to thank everybody that's been chiming in we've had a lot we've had a handful of people watching and contributing glenn i definitely want you on the show uh, if anything call in or you know, do more than because you're forcing me to read. So, <laughs> you know, that's why I do videos. I don't have to read so much. But uh, things we're going to do down the road, we're going to be talking more about life hacks. You know, m m go ahead, drop your phone again. That's that, one thing you should never do is drop your phone. That's an expense we should never, ever want to have in our life, you know. But uh, but as far as life hacks, as far as, you know, there's so many things we didn't talk about. I have another guest too, Jade. I hope she's going to join us next week, maybe, you know, digitally or in person. Uh, she's got a lot of neat things on increasing revenue streams. Uh, getting getting things that you know people don't realize they can get to help them through their week and their month and their and enjoy life a little bit better. We're all about a little bit of enjoyment, you know. Not to mention, believe it or not, the three of us just in the last within the last three four years have all dropped a serious amount of weight. Okay. So that's and, right. and that's you know I, I did it because George did it, <laughs> and then and then I know you started doing it, and between the three of us, we probably dropped we probably dropped uh, 150 pounds. Yeah, well, dropped between, another person between the Good three of us. Person. So and there's more things with that. We can get into that, and we're not selling you anything. Well, maybe Dan might sell you some health insurance, but we're Only not if you really, we're not really selling you anything. <laughs> we're just trying to kind of enlighten, uh, bring some information to the table, and hopefully at the end of the day, you're less poor. We're not trying to make you rich. We're trying to make you less poor. What's wrong with being rich? Well, there's nothing I wrong mean, with being rich. If you can make me rich, then work it out with me, and then I'll tell you. Go. You know, so... <laughs> But guys, we may get there. Actually, you don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Which, by definition, I, is definitely less poor. I think this was a a kind of a big deal, and I think we can probably wrap this thing up. I think it was productive. So, All right. Um, I see, I see Daniel's information. Uh, if you, if you reach out to me, if you're looking for someone to maybe help you get out of debt, I think George might be available to consult. You know, one on one, and uh, he he brings a lot of information to the table because he's not only lived it he's uh he's come out of it and uh there's something to be said for that so uh daniel george and myself we want to thank you for watching and uh we're gonna call it a night enjoy your evening spend time with your family hug your kids and uh we'll see you soon or hug someone else's kids I yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right brendan in the studio you could probably fade to the graphic and i'll drop the mics have a good night, Al.